Hey everybody, welcome back to them and another one. We're not doing Halloween voice this year. Just fucking kidding. Ooh, it's fucking spooktober. How's that? What do we think of that? Good. That was good. That was great. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're we're I'm scared. Yeah, this is the show. I just didn't count down. This is the fucking show. Beautiful. Massively executed. Ooh, they made another one. Wolf. Where each week we discuss an off-forgotten installment of franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and fuck your vibes, dude. And with me, I've got a haunted breeze. <laughs> and also Liam. Can you suck a golf ball through 10 feet of garden hose? Only one way to find out, Mitch. Pleased to meet you, Queenie. Now give me my beer so I can get out of here. Why'd you say it like a confused child? Because that's what they sound like when they deliver their lines. They sound like they have no grasp over what they're actually saying. I don't even remember that one. Who says that? This is in the beer store right before... Uh... It's a convenience store that happens to sell beer. They don't live in Canada. That's true. That's true. Is it the clerk that says that? No, it's probably the guy. He's asking for right, the beer, right? Right. Reggie, maybe? Sure. Yeah, Reggie. Yeah, it's Reggie. It's Reggie who delivers that line. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. no shit, Nancy Drew. That was Reggie. That was that was good Reggie delivery, Mitch. I back right. you on that. That's one. a Reggie delivery. That was deliberate. No, so I was looking all his lines, like the so, brass balls lines. I can't stand the clanging of your brass balls. Anyway, so uh, guess what time of year it is? Could you just guess? Make some educated guesses. It's Googling time. It's night time. It's demon time, it's sequel time, trilogy time, snack time. Spooky it's time. Spooktober, baby! Woo! We love Spooktober. I love lines delivered far away from Mike's for It's that fucking back. time of the year again. The best part of it. Woo! I am excited! We're taking more of a frat bro approach to Spooktober, but I am very excited about this. <laughs> We've had some incredibly good results in the past when it comes to, to Spooktober. They're normally so heavily produced. <laughs> Pardon? I was like, we normally put on a big bit with like sound effects and, and all this. This is things. the bit. Yeah. Who, who are we to say whether or not Spooktober is going to be an elaborate ruse that develops over an entire month? Who are we to say? Maybe you'll find out next week. Maybe you'll find out next week if we've come up with a bit for Spooktober. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, we've had some like remarkably good hits um, when it comes to doing horror months. Uh, we've been doing it since the podcast started. We, we don't shy away from horror movies outside of that particular kind of window i would say honestly maybe our last spooktober was probably our weakest in terms of all the movies um what, what did we do then it was Candyman, yeah. the phantom of the opera 1925 <laughs> who, who picked that one vhs 94 which i did not see but i remember you guys liking that wow, was a massive episode was that a was a one. huge dub yeah. and then halloween kills and then our Halloween special. I think we kind of pulled it off in the latter half there. Well, Halloween Kills is bad. Yeah, but it's a great episode. Right. But before that, we did... Actually, you know what? This one's kind of spotty as well. Diary of the Dead. Eh. 
Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, all-time great classic. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Classic. That was some good stuff. Uh, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. And uh, then our Halloween special with Neil where we were trapped inside of a house. Those are all great episodes. Those are all great episodes. And your guys, even the Phantom of the Opera episode, that was a great episode too. Candyman was really good. Was great, but the the movies in my memory were more like all killer, no filler. There's some filler, but the episodes all killer I, all the time. I think Phantom was an interesting choice just because it's so off the beaten path for us. I've never really gone back and read episode descriptions, but this is fa- this is a fascinating exercise. Um. <laughs> I used the phrase rollicking improv comedy at one point. <laughs> I've never heard that word before, rollicking. I, I'm not you, convinced it's a real word. No, I usually hear it used in relation to describe like a, a burning fire. Though It's like burning steadily. It's exuberant, a fire in the fireplace. exuberantly lively and amusing. Okay. Okay. Um, apparently, we told Gene Simmons to fuck off a lot as well, which I guess I stand by. Huh. That's news to me. Well. That's the podcast. I'll listen to that one. I really like to listen to the old ones. Yeah? I don't like to listen to any of them, really. Sometimes I do, but very rarely. Oh, so you don't like it, I guess. Yeah, I kind of I kind of hate this show. Let's keep making it, then. Um, <laughs> Liam, mm-hmm. it's early. I wouldn't quite say it's, it's, it's evening yet, but you wanted us to hear about a particular night. No, it's it's not even October yet, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's September. It's mid-afternoon. Early evening at the most, but even then, that would be for like a very old person that goes to bed very early. Um, but you wanted, you wanted to hear about a particular night. Night of the Demons 3. The third night. The third night of the Demons. So, Liam, I do have a question for you. Why did we pick this movie? And why we, I mean you. Why did you pick this movie? I don't know why I said we. You did this. You chose it yourself. Well, I don't need to take credit for your actions. It's simply not fair. <laughs> uh, well, I picked this movie primarily because uh, it takes place on Halloween. And I know that because I've seen the movie. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's why it came out in October. And why it was on the list at all was because this movie is actually very special to me. Um He's done it again, folks. (laughs) Just when you think you're out, he pulls you back in with another (laughs) classic childhood memory. This movie used to play all the time on a channel we had in the early to mid-2000s in Canada called Scream. Did you guys ever watch the channel Scream? No. I don't even think I've heard of that. Oh, man. It was was incredible. So Scream... um, played almost entirely old low budget movies it must have been like a a money thing right because it was a canadian channel um started in 2001 and so i guess it just it wouldn't have had the money to play like modern day heaters the most modern movie i ever remember it playing um at any point while I was watching it was is a slasher called Cry Wolf, which came out in 2005. And so uh, the 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 channel actually rebranded by by 2009. It became Dusk and started airing more like suspense, thrillery type movies to try to appeal to a wider audience as opposed to like 
exploitation gore schlock type movies um i was so upset when that change happened and then it died a couple years later entirely and so now all we have are the memories um but it was a lot of old old stuff it would play uh old slasher movies um stuff like uh student bodies american gothic um Friday the 13th, the series it would play. And I'm sure every now and again, you know, maybe it would play some some main Friday the 13th movies or something. But really, it was it was a grab bag of just old, strange horror movies. And I've been trying for years now to find some sort of TV guide online that has like the day's schedule um, from Scream back in the day, because I would love to see what they played in a day and I, I haven't been able to find anything yet um so all i have are these memories of movies i either saw at one point and they really stuck with me um or movies that they would play again and again and night of the demons 3 was one of the movies that they played over and over i never caught night of the demons 1 which is a much more uh popular movie it's 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 sort of a cult classic they have it out on on blu-ray by scream factory it's a popular movie um i never saw that they played that one maybe they did but they also played night of the demons 3 often and so i watched this movie a bunch in the early 2000s when i would have been like eight or nine years old um it it was probably my introduction to a lot of movies of this this type, like all these teenagers getting into a bad situation, and this idea of the cop who's going to retire soon. Um, I don't know if I would have seen that in in movies prior to this point. Um, and I was so fascinated by this movie because it felt unlike most movies I knew of at the time. Um, it's super low budget. Uh, it um, has a whole lot of Dutch angles. You guys notice that? There's so many uh, Dutch boy, angles. Boy, did in this I! Movie. That one opening shot on, on the gates with the fog. I loved that particular Dutch angle, and then and then it. <laughs> It kind of cuts away to several others. The whole film is full of them, but that one in the opening is so strong. I if you can to believe, believe like a tripod was just busted and they had to put the camera on, <laughs> the, on the side. You'd think it was shot in the Netherlands on account of all the Dutch angles. But yeah, we're, not, fact, we're not watching spoilers. In fact, it was shot less than two hours from here. I know. Yeah. Canadian movie. Which uh, might be why it played so much. Now that you mention it. Can I make a quick proposal before we get into the movie itself? Sure. So this was shot in Quebec uh, in the greater Montreal area in a small town called Beauharnois. I don't know how to say it. I'm going to have to Google it because I have no idea. My French isn't great. I'm looking at a map and I would like to just clarify for the people that um, with a minor detour on our uh, Krispy Kreme voyage... Uh, we could go to the town where they shot Night of the Demons 3. Look at shooting locations. Maybe we have to do that. Maybe we a full-on TMAO pilgrimage. Because I don't think we've ever really had the opportunity. Scarcely have we been in such close proximity to something being made near us for the show. You know, I think this doomed expedition to montreal keeps getting more and more complex i'm in this this is not that much more complex this is like 
take an extra bridge and add a little bit of time to the drive, you know? Okay, I'm pulling it up on Google Maps. I'm already looking at it. You don't even need to. <laughs> don't even worry about it. If we want to go from Ottawa to that town to the Krispy Kreme, it's two and a half hours. If okay. you take the town out, it is two hours and 20 minutes. I say we go to the town. Absolutely. Um, I'm in. 10 whole minutes. That's it. In this economy. Sheesh. 10 minutes. We can go to the famous corner store where people were shot and killed almost. Almost. Yeah. Big we can reenact it. I, I would love to. Um, uh, this movie. Um, oh, sorry. I forgot what I was going to say. We've all been there. I've never been there. Corey is known for his impeccable memory. I've never forgotten anything in my life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would. I would love to do a trip. This movie is is seldom talked about online. You know, if you look on Letterbox, you're going to see far fewer ratings than even Night of the Demons Two, which I've never seen. By the way, I have now seen the first Night of the Demons. I have the Blu-ray, and it's it's a really cool movie. Um, But Night of the Demons Three has has much. Uh, less fanfare. It says on Wikipedia that it's the only installment in the series that has not been re-released to either home formats or video on demand. But I read a Letterboxd review where someone said they dusted off the DVD. And also, like, there's no way this just played in theaters and didn't go to DVD. So maybe it just means has not been re-released. That literally means, like, they put out an initial DVD and then it never got uh, repressed again in which case I would love to track down that DVD but yeah this movie has not been written about it's not been podcasted about I found two other podcasts in my search um, the longest of which is an hour and 27 minutes so it's possible we'll break a world record today we'll see how it goes and I'm fairly certain that no one has ever publicized a uh, location hunt of Night of the Demons 3 so I, I would be honored to do that because this movie really did mean a lot to me as a kid. I have a lot of memories of watching it. One memory in particular, I remember um, after I'd seen this movie a few times, I was looking ahead on the guide and I saw that the movie was playing at 2 a.m. And at this point, it was like 8 p.m. or something. And so I was in the mood to watch it. So I resolved to stay up till 2 a.m. And my mom is a real night owl, too. So she was still up at 2 a.m. I said, Mom, you got to come watch this movie with me. It's awesome. And we watched this movie together in the summer. Um, It ended at, you know, 4 a.m. And the sun was coming up as the movie ended. Um, And then I went and slept in my mom's, uh, in my parents' bed at daybreak because my dad had already got up to go to work and my my mom was still awake and... uh, this movie has, has always stuck out to me. And I knew it was Canadian because um, the actor who plays Orson, his name his name as an actor is Christian Tessier. I also he, recognized him. He, he's in an iconic episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Most people would recognize him uh, from the first episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, actually, with Zebo the Clown. He is, he's the main actor in that one. And so as a kid, I recognized him, and I knew that Are You Afraid of the Dark was Canadian. And so I was just infatuated by this idea of like these 90s Canadian kid actors that just got to be in horror movies and horror TV shows and stuff. And um, every few years, I, w- I would look up Night of the Demons 3 and kind of click around on the cast page and remind myself 
of the movie, but I haven't actually watched it in full since it played on TV in the mid 2000s. I think a couple years ago, I found a bad copy on YouTube and I clicked around and sort of reacquainted myself with the way some of the scenes looked just for nostalgia, but I didn't actually sit down and watch it. So um, this was a nice, a nice visit to the past for me. Um, forgive me for asking, but I'm not sure if you said this or not. Are the original, uh, like the the other two titles, both Canadian productions as well? No, they're not. Okay. No, the first one for sure isn't. Um, and, and it's probably just a thing of uh, the series caught on. Um, you know, that first one is sort of a cult classic and it did well on home video and stuff. And then that made them want to make a third one. Um and so they they went to Canada where it doesn't cost a lot and they cast primarily Canadian actors is probably what it is. The only returning actor in the movie is actually the one who plays uh, our main demon here, Angela. She is the the villain in the other two movies as well. And she's an American actress. Um, so she must have made the trip down. But I think other than that, it's uh, it's just Canadian. Um, mm-hmm. Though it's 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 interesting. It's written and partially edited by the dude who uh wrote and directed the original movie so it's not entirely removed from um the original i would love to talk to that guy and kind of hear hear what it was like to, i'm sure uh, you could find him and track him down honestly. he's gotta be yeah he's, he's gotta uh, be it came up still fairly recently yeah, and, and there was a remake of that original one in 2009, and I think he... With uh, Edward Furlong. That's right, yeah, and he produced that one. So he is still he's still down for Night of the Demons. So maybe, maybe we can return to the Night of the Demons franchise sometime, because there are at least two other movies we could do in the franchise, and maybe we can, maybe we can get him uh, to, to give a word. That would be really cool. So... It's funny that you say that you didn't see anyone else find any of the locations because the reason that I realized that this was shot in Canada, which I assumed it had been because a lot of the actors seem Canadian, is that there's a 273 view YouTube video called I Visit Night of the Demons 3 Filming Locations no! Halloween Horror Movie no! Oh, we got It's scooped. from literally October of last year. Oh. Um, and I should have made this. I should have made this a pick the first year we did the show, Corey. So, but we, I, we'll still do it. We'll do it better um, than Eminem's food travel fun ever did. We can produce this way better. Yeah, we'll we'll crush them. Yeah, it's better than the video called "How Far Is the Walk to Knott's Scary Farm from Knott's Berry Farm." <laughs> so easy and convenient, but um. Yeah, this is... A, I like how we were joking earlier about Mitch picks being like really identifiable things. But I do like that Liam picks also tend to have a pretty consistent... like. I feel like fairly often it's like, yeah, this was like a deeply entrenched thing that I saw 800 times when I was a child. And I always kind of... I really enjoy those stories. So it's great to get a pick every once in a while that's just, yeah, I saw this on a weird TV channel 16 times a day when I was eight. And it was very formative, even though it's just this weird offbeat thing. I think that's awesome. 
Thanks. Yeah, I like seeing new stuff, but also if we have this platform, where else am I going to talk about this shit? I feel yeah. we got to get it on a record, and and then and then we move on because there are a lot of other Halloweeny type movies that I would have loved to pick, um, and that's the reason that you know I didn't I didn't push us to do it in past October's, but I figure at some point we got to do this one just because uh, it's special to me. Also, we'll get into it. But you were seeing some wild shit as a child, then. Oh there's yeah, some, absolutely. Some stuff in this movie. Yep. Yeah. Um. I was basically completely unfamiliar with Night of the Demons in any capacity up until yesterday when I watched the movie, uh, aside from knowing the name. Mitch, were you in a similar position? I'm familiar with the titles, and I've seen like the, the posters of the other films because I'm looking at them, and I'm like, yep, I've seen these before, but I can't place where. I feel like it could be a core memory. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I've heard of the franchise, but I've not seen them. Any, uh, this is the only one I have seen. And uh, so, yeah, my jumping off point is is really quite narrow. Yeah, this could have been anything, and I would have just sort of rolled with it without any expectation because I don't really know what the deal is. I was surprised to see that the actress that plays the Night of the Demons demon uh, had done all of them. Yeah, that is cool. It's it's yeah, pretty yeah. rare for a franchise, especially one that just gets increasingly yeah. uh, lower budget. She's not budgeted. too big for this. No, yeah, she's down. I wonder if she shows up in that remake, if she has like a cameo or something. Oh, I'm sure cool. she does. That, that just seems really like cool. something that you'd expect, right? 2009, right, is when they <laughs> remade it? That seems like prime. People were still doing cameos in 2009. The MCU was about to pop off. Cameos were about to become all the rage. Yeah, she shows up in the after credit scene, perhaps. Yeah, she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna be in the new Blade <laughs> because he hates demons. As does he fight demons or is it just vampires? I thought it was vampires, but I, I is it know. exclusively vampires? They also ascribe a certain significance to the sun coming up in this film, and I, the last I heard, that never bothered demons. So. Also, I never heard about the running water thing with demons too. I'll have to talk to like my la- my nearest like folklore expert, George Nori. <laughs> or I mean, you know, an exorcist. There is a local one nearby. Is there really? Yeah, yeah, we we talked about this I think in a, in a previous episode. The the only certified member of the Roman Catholic Church like that's actually like the exorcism allowed squad. to perform exorcisms uh, is in the town that I grew up about uh, like like 30 minutes away from where I am now. Wow. You ever hear any tales about them? So when I was like a young reporter and like in journalism school, kind of like writing long form essays and stuff, not essays, rather uh, articles and stuff like that. I wanted to kind of write alternative shit. So he was like my, my white whale. I always wanted to interview him, but I never got one. Cause you know, the Roman Catholic church and in interviews, but, uh, yeah, I always wanted to interview him cause he's the only sanctioned one. And he perf- performed several when he was a missionary in, I think somewhere in sub-Saharan Africa. I'm not sure where in several different places. I think maybe three different countries there was, happened, Several different occasions. The last I, if memory serves, yeah. Wow, maybe we can get him on the Night of the Demons remake episode. I highly doubt maybe it. Maybe that'll. Maybe that's the thing he's been waiting for. Yeah, but apparently he's the guy. If you need an exorcism, he's and prob- I do. He might have even performed more than that, but there's only three that we know of. 
maybe we just got to tell him we're in desperate need of an on-air exorcism. Maybe that'll be the Spooptober bit this year. Corey, you've got to no, cr- you got to increasingly become deranged over the the course of October, and it culminates in an on-air exorcism. I think that's uh, extremely doable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the deranged man. That's my whole brand now. Ooh. <laughs> Would a deranged man do this? You smack your head against something? Maybe. It's the beauty of the audio medium. We don't know. Uh, also, this movie is also called Demon House if you live in the UK. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they didn't, don't know. they didn't think that anyone would watch it um, if it had a I'm, three on it. There's I'm the big moves. Vince McMahon produced this movie. I'm assuming that it's because maybe Night of the Demons didn't really take off there, but this movie is still pretty sellable because they don't really tie it down to anything. So they're like, we'll just call it something else. Like the version of the movie that I watched had an opening credit that said Demon House. Mine too. And before that, it had an opening credit that said Demons 2. And I realized that it had the wrong movie loaded up. Demons 2. <laughs> Such a generic. Uh, what's this film about? I don't know. Demons. Also, a great Wikipedia page sign on Night of the Demons 3. This article's plot summary may be too long or excessively detailed. Wow. Love those. Maybe there are passionate Night of the Demons fans. Oh, there are. I found a YouTube video of a guy visiting the set locations and like 300 people had watched it. I'm ashamed that I'm not one of those people, to be honest with you. You could become one. I will. And I will also become one of the people in the video. Yeah, we'll get there. We will. And then uh, what I'm going to become is the guy that reads the cast and crew notes that I have. That's Corey's costume this week. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, this movie is directed by A.O. Jimmy Kaufman um, he was the second unit or assistant director on Scanners Dracula 2001 The Peanut Butter Solution and The Kinky Coaches and the Pom Pom Pussycats some Canadian pictures <laughs> that's wild every time it sounded like I was going to be familiar with a movie there would be like an addendum I was like oh no I don't know that Dracula 2001 <laughs> nope uh, but so you're unfamiliar with the kinky coaches and the pom pom pussycats is what you're saying no I, I'm, I'm familiar with uh, the kinky coaches and the pom pom puppy dogs interesting heard of the ones. I'm sorry so I just googled the kinky coaches and the pom pom pussycats and two things. One, it sounds a lot like Splits. Two, Corey's um, favorite movie. My the greatest movie ever made. Two, um, it's also called Heartbreak High. But Google is the only thing that claims that. Letterboxd, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes, none of them say that. They're just claiming that. Dang, they all had a meeting and they were like, Yeah, we don't accept Heartbreak High. Uh, two rival high school football coaches play fast and loose backed by sexy cheerleaders when their teams face off for the city championship title. It's giving a huh. little bit of splits. Yeah, I'd give that a spin. What year is this? Wait, Robert Forster's in this movie? Like the guy from Mulholland Drive and shit? What year did it come out? 1981. How is Robert Forster in this movie? 
That's really weird. Anyway. Huh. That's really... Huh. Uh, this movie was written by Kevin Tenney, who wrote uh, Night of the Demons. Um, and also Witchboard, Witchboard 2, Witchboard 3, and Pinocchio's Revenge. <laughs> mm, I feel like yeah. Pinocchio's Revenge like awoke some dormant fucking memory in my brain. Um, yeah. If, I feel like video store memory? Yeah. That's absolutely. for me, that's what it was. That movie was huge in the yeah, video I, store because the, the cover art is so startling and stark. And so I would just stare at it in the video store and wonder yeah, what it would possibly it's be. It's also familiar with me. Yeah, yeah. the cover is all fucked. And also that doll, not the doll, but like the puppet. Like he just looks all fucked up. Yeah. Like Mitch, I don't like, I don't like, he looks actively scary. Yeah. Mitch, I know maybe you have your pick already chosen for next week, but Pinocchio's Revenge, that's kind of a Mitch pick. It's a. That doesn't it, count. It, it only well. That's what that's what I mean. That's why it's a Mitch pick because it doesn't really count. Yeah. So uh, just think about it. We don't. I don't know if we need to do Kevin Tenney month. I tentatively have my pick, but it might get shot down. What do you mean ten? Yeah. Well, okay. Start picking stuff that won't maybe get shot down every time. Pick Pinocchio's Revenge. I won't hey, shoot you down, you. Mitch. Fuck me. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck Sounds you. like we got to do Austin Powers 2 on the podcast. Is that a bit from that movie? I think so. Or maybe the third one. <laughs> Who could say? Um, the movie is edited by uh, Kevin Tenney. He's the secondary editor listed. It's his only editing credit. Uh, and Daniel Duncan, who edited the first three Witchboard movies. Um, maybe the only three I just wrote first three because I kind of assumed it kept going. Leprechaun in space. Which board were you talking about? Which which board? Also, I spit on your grave. Twenty ten. Dumb joke. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the cinematography is by Walter Ball. Um, Corey. His most interesting credit was being a camera operator. He disappeared. On the yeah, Truffaut movie Day for Night. <laughs> Damn, Mitch. Right. Weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Day Mitch, for Night is a movie yourself. that I watched over somebody's shoulder on a plane without unmute yourself and back me up here. <laughs> Corey is gone. But who who was sitting in front of you? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody cool. It was when Maybe I flew I'm to gone. Vietnam. It was I one of the movies you were watching the plane. Man, that wasn't on my flight. <laughs> I, I watched. Uh, I watched All About Eve twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you really know what's up with Eve. Um, uh, no, I definitely know. Music is by uh, Raymond C. Fabi, who did the music for Arthur and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like Arthur the Aardvark. Dennis Michael Tenney also gets a music credit, presumably relation to the writer and the editor. Uh, worked on a movie called Witch Trap. Uh, which, I wonder which, if the board traps them. Is it which uh, board or which trap? Which one are we? <laughs> I mean, it's from the same guy that did Witch Board. Whichever witch trap. So it's which guy. And then also Leprechaun in Space again. And then uh, also a movie called Hot Times at Montclair High, which is the most like bootleg name. For, like, <laughs> Montclair. It's like Fast Times at Ridgemont High was taken, I guess. Hot um, Times at Montclair High. He was also sound editor or similar roles on a complete overwhelming boatload of stuff we could probably do on the show worth mining that in the future uh the cast i don't know why it's listed in this order but it was listed in this order on every website so here's what we're gonna do 
Uh, Larry Day plays Officer Larry. To be which, perfectly honest with you, I don't know which one that is. I think it, it's the guy who's retiring. I think it's the guy who's retiring and loves magic. He's really good. Uh, we're not there yet. Okay. I feel like he it was can't in, be that guy. But, oh, wait. Good news. Good news. Yeah. He was in Home Sweet Home Alone. Mitch? What? What? Say it. I want the doll. He was in Home Sweet Home Alone. Yeah, no, it can't be that guy. Yeah, no way. I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia here to try to figure out names because um, well, they're not you're used that, all that much. No, while you're doing that, really quick, he was also in Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's going to come up a lot. Um, and also Blue Mountain State. <laughs> yeah, there, there are like one dude is just listed as veteran cop. Do you think that's the magic guy? But why would he be at the bottom of the cast list? If he was well, in we've already PMS. established that it's backwards. If we start with Officer Larry, that makes no sense regardless. Yeah. yeah n- names are so weird in this movie. Like Angela, the, the main demon, um, her name is only used, I think, in the credits. Yeah, and we don't know who either of the main girls' names are right away. Uh, we get everybody's name in the van like once. <laughs> Um, Amelia Kincaid is playing Angela she's in Night of the Demons and Night of the Demons 2 but also uh, is in the movie Break in 2 Electric Boogaloo just actually in that movie finally I feel like maybe we've gotten a cast or a crew member for that before but getting a cast member feels right yeah uh, Kristen Holden Reed plays Vince um He's a good old Canadian boy. Uh, he was recently on Clarice. Um, I do wish we could chat longer, Clarice, but I'm, I'm going to steal the doll. <laughs> get it? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, he was also on Umbrella Academy in The Expanse. Um, he played Wayne Gretzky in Waking Up Wally, the Walter Gretzky story. I don't even know who Walter Gretzky is. <laughs> it's got to be his dad, right? Is it his dad or is it maybe a brother? Either way, he played Wayne in the movie that's not about Wayne. Um, he was also on a Canadian soap opera called Riverdale set in a Toronto neighborhood called Riverdale. Oh, yeah, I remember that Riverdale, one. Riverdale? Not to be confused with Riverdale, Riverdale. Then we've got a uh, Gregory shot in Canada for what it's worth. That's a- true. Gregory Canada Cal- loves Riverdale. Sorry, Corey. No, it's okay. Uh, Gregory Kalpakis plays Nick. Tara Sloan plays Lois. Christian Tessier plays Orson. Again, famously, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And also, you can't do that on television. Joel Gordon plays Reggie. Patricia Rodriguez plays Abby. She was on Arthur. Uh, Stephanie Botter plays holly she was on you can't do that on television and are you afraid of the dark ian mcdonald plays the quickie mark clark he was on are you afraid of the dark um richard jutris plays officer tony rookie cop minor mustaine plays veteran cop vlasta vrana plays lieutenant dewhurst and richard zeman plays macho cop i don't know who any of those fucking people are Monster Cub's probably the guy who goes into massacre and kills everyone. It's a pathology. 
I'm doing my best to try to figure out who's who here. I want to know who played uh, the veteran cop. It might not be veteran cop from the Wikipedia page, but like it, the magic it, veteran it might, cop. It might be minor Mustaine. Maybe. I'm looking at pictures of him. I don't recognize him. Is, maybe it, the may, is, is it maybe Vlastavrana because he has a Wikipedia page? Maybe. I mean, Lieutenant, that makes sense. No, no, it wouldn't be him because it says he was born in 1950. That doesn't add up. Shit, eh? He was the voiceover guy for Canada vignettes that were made by the NFB. Okay. Sounds dangerously close to Heritage Minutes, so I'm just going to act like it's Heritage Minutes. <laughs> it sounds like Masquerade Heritage. Also, he was in Shivers, a movie that I don't like. I don't like Shivers either. Shivers I is doo ass. Fuck you guys. Um, I love Cronenberg, but I'm not a big Shivers guy. He was on Friday the 13th, the series, and in Highlander 3, the Sorcerer. Dang. We got to play a game sometime where, like, Corey only reads the cast and crew, and then we have to guess what movie he's talking about. Like, you read cast and crew and also um, the movies that they've they've been in, and at least we have to guess, like, what type of movie we're talking yeah. about. Is it a movie a lot that, of times it How would we pick over. those? That would be so hard. <laughs> yeah, it would be tough. There could be a category where you just read the synopsis or, like, the plot. Just, like, like, what we were doing with Chaz. And um, with the Baby. Guess. What? No, I'm just I'm just thinking about the Looney Tunes app. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Shaz. What a guy. So this movie is about a night of the demons. Um there's some like delinquent teens and they're out fucking around, kissing each other, driving a van. And there's two high school girls who want to go to the costume dance party. And uh neither of those groups of people make it where they're going because there's a car that breaks down. And then in an attempt to buy beer and cigarettes, uh, they get into a shootout with police, take uh, shelter and hiding in a demon house that has a demon woman in it named Angela, and then bad things happen. It's kind of it. They get turned into demons. Some of them do, One yeah. by one. And then some of them don't. That's good story writing. Yeah, it keeps you guessing. Mitch, what did you think about Night of the Demons? Well, what did I think of Night of the Demons? You could barely watch it, it sounds like. No, I think it's a very watchable movie. No, um, on account of the streaming on issues. On account of the stream, sure. I mean, I had difficulty finding it because it's, it's like we, we if you haven't picked know. up on the fact that it's an obscure movie by now, it is. So it's hard to find and... As a result, the stream was very unkind to me, but I, after like maybe like 10, 15 more minutes of digging, I found one that was better. And um, I made it through in, in one sort of watch after it, it had continually been canceling at the 15 minute mark, right when, right when uh, fucking Reggie gave the uh, brass balls line. And so I, I kind of like immediately, <laughs> uh, I guess felt badly about Reggie and his performance because it just stopped on that line every time. And I think it made me uh, predisposed to hate him. Yeah. He um, didn't get a fair shake. No, no, well, I honestly, I think he's a horrible actor, but I, maybe it's just cause I walked that one, watched that one scene over and over again. So maybe he's not a horrible actor, but I think it's, it's more just 
could be just it could be both. Um, you, you watch Daniel Day Lewis's monologue, and there will be blood a hundred times over. It, it it starts to be terrible. I think. I don't know. I only needed to see Reggie about twice, and that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Maybe they're on different but, levels. Um, no, I think this is a very watchable movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I think there. It would be stupid to consider this movie um, and compare it to other horror films from a much less modest production. Like bigger productions are going to have more impressive. This budget things. was this movie cost like five million dollars. That's not nothing. No, it's not nothing. But I feel like it. It doesn't. Um, right. This movie. This movie looks like it costs like a million dollars. Maybe. I yeah. I have a hard time believing if, that. If not like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I would think if it says five million online, I would uh, money take laundering. Advice. I would take advice from my parents when I was a kid and and not believe what the internet says. I That's, do not. Buy all that. I have is the Wikipedia information. It says. Unless yeah, I five read feels it like, wrong. like tax Canadian tax haven shit. No budget yeah, five point five point seven million dollars. No, okay. way. well that I, I honestly didn't even look up the budget, but I was just looking at it and I was like, oh, like this is a kind of a crappy movie, and for what it is, there's some like satisfying effects in here. The shootout's really great. Like, but they had so much money relative to what you would think. I agree. I agree. But I even so like the effects are good like they're not like great but they are the kind of effects that are very satisfying and 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 pleasing and kind of fun um like 80 shotguns and like fucking ridiculous <laughs> gore and masks and and revolver blowjobs yeah i was about to say that that's also very charming um so she sucks the bullets out of a gun yeah i don't think that this is a good movie or that i'm gonna have a lot to say i really don't like the performances here but there are some things that are fun i like the way that the story is structured and the fact that it's just like kids that get caught up in a crime that are just like forced to live with this, this well, demon. i think that's a fun structure i don't know how original it is it felt fairly original to me but also it's just sort of like okay we take the kids on the run story and then we combine it with this and that's what they did with texas chainsaw and other other films but um it's it worked well enough i guess and uh i had fun with it like i don't i don't think i'll ever revisit this movie and i i can see that like maybe if i watched this movie when i was younger i would really like it a lot but um for me it was just like fun and and charming and it really just holds up on its charm alone and i think after a while that sort of wears thin and the movie gets into the reads quite a bit especially in the last half but um, there, there are some things that I find very charismatic and fun about this movie. I really love some of the performances, especially that one cop who's about to like... The uh, magic man who's about to... Retire. Yeah, <laughs> magic. It's my last know? day on the force. Sawing a lady in half, blah, 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 that guy. The elephant man, he disappeared inside of a barn. Yeah, he's fun. Um, but uh, otherwise, I, I don't know if I have any reason to kind of revisit this movie it's uh like a lukewarm one for me one that i think is like fun to maybe have on the background but I, I don't think i could recommend someone to like go out and seek this movie out for a particular reason or, or i don't think i would ever recommend this to someone liam does it hold up to years of scrutiny you go ahead Corey. i want to hear what you think um okay 
All right. Okay. Let me just watch the movie quick. Yeah, you got 80 minutes. Um uh I wanted to like this more than I do. Um mostly I was really 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 bored. Um also some of these performances are just astonishingly bad, like in a way that's completely not charming at all and mostly just frustrating to watch. Yep. Um there's a couple bits that I think are fun. Some of the actors I like, um, but by like less than halfway through the 80 minute movie, like I was already kind of bored and I did have a hard time, like keeping my attention on the movie. Um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's a very occasionally charming, generally unremarkable, um, kind of thing like i'll forget about it pretty pretty quickly i think except for the gun blow job you like that eh it was just very like i just wasn't ready for that you know neither was he no she well, had him dead to rights with the gun blow job yeah she got his ass orson was firing blanks after that <laughs> <laughs> he after couldn't have that, that demonic head game <laughs> throat go that's that's all i got <laughs> i don't know i don't yeah okay all right um it's, it, it's uh, yeah, yeah. i am i'm pretty in line with mitch on this one um you know despite this movie being one that i watched a lot as a kid and a lot of this stuff stuck with me um these images and i'll talk about which ones even as a kid you know i i liked watching this movie but it wasn't uh it wasn't high art to me you know like uh this was around the time that i declared mean creek was my favorite movie mean creek everyone um somebody set the alarms off we got a mean creek mention <laughs> uh and i stand by that and i stand by that whereas night of the demons three you know wait, all through wait, my what? wait sorry i got there's no waveforms and i thought the recording stopped sorry everything's fine but i thought it's it had stopped and i kind of panicked okay sorry um you know, all throughout my life, I've made like lists in my head of my favorite movies and I've kind of shifted them around and stuff. And, and and even at this time, you know, Night of the Demons 3 was never on that list. It was just it was a movie that I liked and it's still in that category. Um, but if I were just seeing this for the first time now, you know, I would uh, I would have even less fondness for it. I would be even more in line with Mitch, I think. Um, but it sounds like honestly me and mitch are, are pretty much right there like i i don't think i really want to watch this movie again either like i've seen it so much in my life and and now that i know uh how it comes across as i'm an, as i'm an adult you know maybe decades from now i'll give it another revisit when i've forgotten a lot of uh what's up and i want to revisit the past um but all in all i think it is just it's kind of exactly what it was back in the day and why it must have played so much. Like it's cheap. It's easy to, uh, I think it's easy to get into like the premise starts immediately. Um, the effects are, uh, are cheesy and, and sometimes cool and sometimes not cool, which, which makes them cool. Like the whole 
introduction title sequence it looks like it was made with like windows 96 <laughs> like the demons <laughs> flying around to this to the music? seinfeld baseline <laughs> the baseline i had a note specifically about the baseline <laughs> the baseline is fucking crazy this the cg the cg ghouls and like the loudest slap bass you've ever heard in your life yeah oh i i see i i love that and i think that's something that just <laughs> and it just, goes on forever yeah it <laughs> so it's just it's one of the little quirks to this movie that isn't rife with quirks you know if it had more quirks this would be more uh more of a movie that i think is an unsung gem and i think it doesn't actually have that many quirks it ends up being pretty pretty cliche um but along the way it has some some interesting stuff in it i totally agree i think this this cop who loves magic i think that's a really cool quirk um and i think that he's actually a really really good actor it feels like a guy with a lot of experience who uh is giving it his all to this role um feels like an old pro it does feel like an old pro who's been at it for like 30 years yeah yeah, I, I, I like that. Like that. Um, so whichever I, one of those names we said is him, shout out to that guy. Shout out to that fucking guy. <laughs> that's right. I I like the setup of these teens in this van, and they're kind of like ne'er-do-well, like outcast kids. Like they establish that one of the dudes hasn't been to algebra since the first week. Um, the other one, you know, is just carrying around a shotgun in his van. They stumble upon the well, cheerleader. Steals. The well, steals a oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Which, he does, why the he does. fuck did that guy pull a gun on those kids? <laughs> on a teen trying to buy booze? Yeah. yeah. Don't well, you was... buy beer, you son of a bitch. And well, don't call me Queenie. It was a black teen, right? I mean, it looked like uh, yeah. the dude was reaching into his pocket. I thought that was a pretty cool setup. I, I, I like that as a sort of um, a conflict where these kids who are assholes, but um, not totally evil, perhaps, you know, they didn't go in there to rob the place. Um, and then this this wild thing just happens. And I kind of like the tension that ends up being revealed where Vince thinks he killed a cop, but the cop had a bulletproof vest on and so the magic cop ends up telling vince that he didn't kill the cop and like as if it's like yeah that cop that you shot with a shotgun he didn't die you guys will be scot-free it's fine well yeah and it's almost like it's trying to take the wind out of his sails because he's using so much of that energy to be like now nah, i'm a cool tough guy and it's like you didn't even kill that cop yeah, yeah, yeah. You fucking loser. You fucking Dumbass. coward pussy. So, you didn't even kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's pretty cool. And and I like that it takes them to this house that um, is haunted from these other movies where, where demons live. And I like that there's this sort of urban legend about the demon house that um, the nerdy friend abby knows about and i really like the actress for abby i think she yeah. i think she pulls it off i think she's she the best of the bunch has three beads of sweat on her forehead i was well, counting yeah, yeah 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 and the other characters get really sweaty too reggie after he gets shot um is super sweaty, sweaty throughout the movie understandable death sweats N- nick gets sweaty and that combined with the the shadows and the graininess of the footage and the the constant dutch angles i like that this movie kind of has this grimy sweaty feel to it and so that's part of why i think it's a a cool movie to put on and just get invested in even though um it's not really doing anything remarkable story-wise or uh actor-wise even though there are a few bright spots um 
I think the kills are never quite go as far as I would like them to. Like the the blowjob on the gun to suck the bullets out that Angela does. I think that's cool. But then he ends up just getting a really quick tongue through the back of his head. Um, and I wish that we got like a bit more gore effects there. Same thing with um, the woman whose arm turns into a snake. And that happens because she has a snake costume on her arm because it's Halloween and it ends up turning into a real snake. And then like, it seems like she's going to start masturbating with the snake and then the snake attacks her. Um, and then the next time you see her, it's a demon. I just wish that like it took it a bit further and it was clear uh, what was going on there and that we got to see a more wicked gore effect. Yeah, I think uh, it's using like sexuality in place of like substance in those circumstances where it's like, mm-hmm. if we just make it like weirdly sexy. Or sexual, because it's not particularly like... Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But um, like I think they're using that as a stand-in for like gore or like excess. They're just like, yeah, but what if it was like really weirdly sexual? Yeah, well, that's What a good if we one. get really sexual with a Orson? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> for Orson. And I, I like the mask that Orson ends up getting uh, welded to his it. face. Oh yeah, I thought maybe that was one of the good effects you were talking about. Well, it's a good effect. It's a good effect, but I think that mask and how it's introduced earlier in the film, how it's like my friend is bleeding out in the back seat, and I'm wearing a demon mask. It's just so dumb. Oh, okay. I I like that aspect. I think it's a um kind of impactful that this terrible thing is happening behind him in the back, and his friend has been shot. And he still has this mask on uh, because he was wearing it into the store and like he can't even like bring himself to take it off. And maybe he's kind of wearing the mask to hide behind what's happening and not have to really think about it. Perhaps um, you're right, honestly. I, I thought I, I thought that was cool. Um, and I, I like know. the way the mask looks when he turns into the demon. But I think that they then don't do enough with him. Uh, I wish he became more of a villain, more of a character. He pops up mm. occasionally to kind of startle people. But I think uh, all throughout the movie, the threat isn't super clear. Like even Angela, she she disappears and then she comes back and it's never exactly established what's going on they even use some clips from the first movie uh where she um where the camera's moving around like evil dead from the basement oh my god yeah my note for that was just well somebody saw evil dead and liked it (laughs) and i think it works here i think it looks really cool i thought it was sick when i was a kid and then you see angela from like a low angle and it's like she's like she's moving without moving her feet you know as if she's being pushed on like a, a wheelie cart out of frame and it's totally evil dead ripoff i think it looks cool though but the fact that it's taken from the first movie here a lot of the actual thrills in this movie feel kind of plugged in and you get to the point where like all the friends have turned into demons but um it's not really planned out like where they're going to come from and what they're going to do at the heart of it, this movie feels like one that like wasn't storyboarded out and it didn't really have an exact plan. They just knew that they were going to get the kids from the the robbery, which was like the initial uh, focal point to the house. And then scary stuff was going to happen at the house, but they never really planned it out specifically how one thing is going to lead to the other and so once they get to the house i think it feels a bit messy even though it occasionally stumbles in 
to stuff that's that's cool. You know, I like the fact that you said it doesn't look like it was storyboarded out because the way that the film is edited and with how they cut to certain responses from characters, it's like it seems so disjointed and out of place. It's they they make very strange, unusual cuts and dialogues, and they cross over that one eighty rule and it, it, just these weird, unusual cuts that feel like they don't work like it 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 feels like a film that wasn't storyboarded yeah yeah and i think it could have used um more in in the script to develop some of these characters i don't know if stuff was cut out but like by the time we get near the end and it's uh, revealed through a, I guess, process of elimination that Holly and Nick are your remaining two characters. They all of a sudden have this bond. Like Holly <laughs> is willing to run back through the demon wall that is like a force field that keeps the demons in. She runs back through it, knowing that she could be safe in order to save Nick. And she's like calling out Nick's name, and and there's she hears a shotgun blast. She goes back for him, all because she, like she had a crush on him in algebra in the first well, week. She, no, she is, thought he was hot, and then he turned out to not be a complete piece of shit. Half this movie is just like, that is the oh, relationship. We have to go back for them. That's that what that relationship is. is just that they knew each other vaguely, and then he yeah. gave her a soda, the last soda. Yeah, this whole thing it does feel a lot like sort of like they had the premise but they didn't really have the rest of the movie <laughs> you know like yeah they somebody had an idea for sure but it doesn't really go anywhere or do anything like even like you're saying like with angel where it's just like yeah she's just sort of there and like the thing that's happening in the movie is that a demon is there but like you get no additional information whatsoever other than this is the house where a demon is yeah, she doesn't feel like the big bad of the movie despite being on the poster and being in uh, the other movies. And that's sort of the fun of this of this franchise, um, at least based on the first movie I've seen, that, the, that the, the friends also turn into demons and become her little army. But I think that it just it doesn't happen in a methodical enough way. Um, and so it ends up being very forgettable because you only see the friends in their demon forms pretty briefly. Yeah. And when you and when it does spend time with them, like uh in a scene that that I think is really cool but doesn't amount to much, is when um Angela is talking to Abby. And Abby again is my favorite of of the teens. She's the kind of nerdy girl who yeah, is her always performance in is fun. She also gets costume. us the closest we get to a cat people moment. Yes. Because in a way, in a way, having sex does turn her into a, a a cat monster, which is close enough for me to consider this basically cat people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I like I like that she uh, has the cat costume the whole movie, and then she kind of turns into a cat person. I like where Angela is using her insecurities against her, talking about how. Um, she'll never be more than Holly's uh, nerdy best friend because Holly is a head cheerleader and um, Vince will never pay attention to her. Uh, I guess she thinks Vince is attractive, even though I think she just met him tonight. But uh, why not? You can think someone's attractive immediately. There's, there's a few shots where they have her looking longingly at him. Um, so she... Uh, she makes out with Angela, who I guess turns her, and then Abby reveals herself 
to Vince um, and is real like seductive with him and acting differently than she has the entire movie. And I think that actress makes the switch really well, but then it doesn't amount to much because they kind of just have ravenous sex. And then uh, um, Vince's girlfriend, Lois finds them and they have a brief altercation. And uh, then Abby turns into a cat and scares her off. Right. Yeah. It doesn't even like, one of these things had to be a kill at some point. Like, I don't get why it's not, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, and then, and, and and then and she gets of, scared and it's like, some okay. Some of the scenes feel as though that they like conceptually that they should be great, but everything else about this production, the acting and the way that it's done pulls it back. Like for example, that one scene where Reginald is running away from the car um, and just stumbling through the woods and this he's being followed by this, possessed car or whatever um that conceptually sounds terrifying and i could imagine a way in which it was were done effectively um but in this film it's not and it's disappointing because that whole idea in terms of a set piece i think is really great but the execution just isn't there i agree yeah i think mostly the movie just doesn't have the chops to pull this stuff off um same with the acting like like you guys said like it's bad and it's not it's not really bad in a fun way and i think that mm-hmm. comes down to it just being sincerely bad in that like i can tell that these are like maybe like kids who are in like school theater or something and they're being directed to to do their best they don't have a whole lot to work with the lines are really bad it's it's an awkward setting um the characters don't have much to go off of And so I can tell that they're just like sincerely giving these lines um, and, you know, pretending to laugh and stuff. And it rings hollow because uh, um, the acting isn't that good and, you know, they don't have much to work with. And so I just feel like if I were to laugh at them, I'm laughing at like a... uh, like a, a kind of bad play that you see in school, you know, where you're just like, oh, this is kind of uncomfortable. Like they're where not really like, pulling. But it I off. have a friend in this, so I'm here to watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that um, as the movie goes on, some of these actors who I thought were doing pretty bad work, like Nick in the van, I thought a lot of his stuff um, uh, seemed really corny in its delivery. I think he ends up getting some some good line readings near the end and same with Holly um and even Vince I th- I thought mm, he was I, I don't thought, know. I thought Vince was was I pretty bad Vince at the beginning. Rough. And but I think occasionally he he gets stuff that uh he re- reads some lines that that feel more believable to me. Um, I think Vince is the worst of it. Really, yeah, eh? Yeah. I agree. Like I, it was brutal. <laughs> I think I thought. Uh, I think they're all pretty I bad. I Reggie Reg was, was the worst. I think Reggie's the worst. Yeah. Um, and it but doesn't we barely get me. Reggie. Like I don't uh, know. Like we get so much Vince. Well, most of the time he spends the movie dying, but even when he's dying, he's bad and playing. Well, I don't know. I've never died before. Maybe that's pretty accurate. I don't know. <laughs> I just mean that, like, it doesn't surprise me to learn that Vince has kept acting and is in is in stuff because. Um, I don't think this movie is necessarily indicative of all these people's talents. It's just like yeah, an awkward. It's an awkward situation, um, and they didn't. They didn't have much to go off you of. Know, Twenty-five years ago, too, right? Yeah, yeah. 
I like Vince's look, though. I can see why they cast him in that regard. I think he's a charismatic look and kind of plays a... Um, he yeah, looks like the bad speaking, boy type well. I think a lot of the casting was good. Like They got the people they needed, but did they get the actors they needed? You know? Like no. Everybody looks the part, but... I think yeah. the writing is good, but they deliver the lines as though they don't understand them. He's like, okay, okay, I get it. We're all impressed. You have big brass balls. Now, if you can just stop so I can stop hearing them from clanging, it's like... You know, it's like you, it's like delivering a line without even knowing what it means. It, it, it's, it's something that you encounter a lot in like high school for theater productions or like productions of Shakespeare or whatever, where you don't know where the actors clearly don't know where to yeah, place. Like they, the do, they don't know where to put the emphasis because where they don't is know what the emphasis in this line. It's yeah, it's, uh, it's giving it's a little bit rock. of that video of that kid talking about dreams. It feels very rote in that sense. Yeah, and you got to think like, why couldn't a director be like, "Yo, okay, we got it. We got to try that one again." Is it is it because you know they're burning film and they can't do it again, or is it because the director is like, "I mean, they eh, had good six enough. million no dollars. Wants. They shouldn't have been burning I, film, <laughs> dude." I do not believe six million dollars. We got to yeah, get we got to get someone from the movie on right here. Off. I do not believe it at all. Five point seven million is what Wikipedia says, man. No way. Don't you remember, Corey? Wikipedia can be edited by anybody. Yeah, someone's yeah, cooking so the can, book. So can IMDb. Like, that's I don't not believe be, that either. I've put Neil and I put a fake uh, trivia thing onto the movie for Tekken, and nobody took it out. It can happen. I want to see if it's still there. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe the internet. We need someone. We need to get the producer from this movie on the pod. It may have been removed, <laughs> but it was up there for like many months. Interesting. Maybe yeah. we got to check the Night of the Demons three page months from now. It'll be like $500,000 and we'll be like, oh, that makes more sense. $50,000. Yeah, 50 bucks. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really much else to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I do. Let me actually just let me just relook at my. Notes. I don't like. I'm looking at my notes, and it's just none of it inspires me to really mention a lot of it because overall, yeah. I was just sort of like, eh, this is a motion picture. Yeah, honestly, I have nothing else. I've literally exhausted them. <sighs> when I was like in uh, the fifth grade, I wrote a short story and published it online that was inspired by Night of the Demons Three. It was about uh, this dude named Vince, and he uh, was a prankster in, you know, his, maybe it was like sixth grade class or something. He loved to play pranks. Everybody loved to prank in those days. One of the pranks that Vince did was he uh, he put a bucket filled with, I don't know. No, you didn't do it, Vince. Don't do it, Vince. Fake blood over a doorway while his teacher was out of the room. And his, teacher, his teacher, she, <laughs> she returns from the hall, opens the door, and the bucket drops onto her head and clocks her, and she drops to the floor. And Vince, Whoa. having faced with the fact that he might have just killed his teacher, he began to run and rob. 
And that was the story. I think it was supposed to be only chapter one, but I never came up with the chapter. A short two. story about a student killing their teacher is so fucked up, but like, but like, it's a great idea, a great concept. When does that ever happen? But if I was a teacher and I was grading that, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, it wasn't. It wasn't for school. This was on my free time. But it was. Oh, okay. It was. Yeah. It was just. Uh, it uh, inspired Night of the Demons Three meets Carrie. I think was what I was going for. My my big cultural touchstones. Um, and you know, I am glad I saw this movie so young. I think it. Um, even though I haven't grown into to loving it, it still has a lot of things that would go on to be like huge parts of my preference in movies right like i love i love movies that just take place with a a group of teens i i particularly love movies where teens end up doing something bad that they weren't expecting they're faced with a dead body all of a sudden and they have to figure out what to do that's what mean creek is about uh larry clark's bully is about that another one of my favorite movies so i i love that premise um I love cheesy slasher movies that have ridiculous effects and gratuitous nudity. Um, perhaps this is what introduced me to that. I mean, I got to tell you guys, young Liam, he, I was infatuated by uh, Abby and uh, the places her character goes. I had completely forgotten, though, that the movie opens with her topless just having a conversation with Holly, and they're both just topless in their bedroom. I was watching this with my fiance, and she said, she said, that never happens no uh no teenagers especially 11th grade teenagers which is yeah. what they're supposed to be in Everyone's this movie too <laughs> at that age no way <laughs> just standing around talking topless yeah. but um uh i don't mind seeing it in a movie um so yeah this movie uh i'm glad i'm glad i saw it again um if it you know were to get like a re-release on dvd or blu-ray and it had a commentary track hell yeah i would pick it up immediately and i would listen to the commentary track but as is just a movie and this is all you get and there's like really no interviews to find online i wanted to learn about this movie i couldn't find anything the imdb trivia said that kevin tenney was dissatisfied dissatisfied with the final cut of the movie but i couldn't even find uh, a source for that you know a greater interview um so I'll, I'll probably save rewatching this movie until some sort of like new information were to come out. You know, if I were to uh, hear about an interview and they like said something about what it was like shooting a specific scene, maybe I would go back and watch that scene again. But as is, I think there are plenty of other 80s, 90s horror movies um, to check out first. You know, this is sort of dollar bin type stuff um but i do like that it comes out in 1997 and it feels much older to me good year um like this is after scream this movie that's insane this movie feels like it came out in 1988 in fact i'm not certain that this was shot around that time like that are you afraid of the dark episode that orson is in he basically looks like he's the same age and that came out in like 92 so maybe there's some uh, nonsense where this movie sh- sat on a shelf for a long time or something. Mm. It feels then, like it sat on the shelf for a while. It does, and it just collected sweat. But then again, like Night of the Demons <laughs> 2 came out in 94, and I don't know, I guess that one would have had to have 
come out first before they shot this other one. So maybe Orson just uh, just aged really well, and uh, there was no change from ninety two to ninety. He does look like know. one of those people who just like looks like they can play kids parts for that forever, you know. Yeah, I feel like he looks the same today. I don't know what he looks like, but I wouldn't be surprised if he just looks like that now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to have talked about it with you guys. Um before it's over, I'll just mention that someone calls someone else a sperm receptacle. I think a demon calls someone a yeah, sperm receptacle. Yeah, there's lots of fucked up lines <laughs> in this movie that are of that kind of variety. Yeah, they have a lot of yo mama jokes. Which is just classic. A lot of locker room talk. A lot of locker room talk. Um, yeah. Mitch, do you think it's about time for you to tell us uh, where Spooktober Month is going to take us next? Yeah. I want to watch The Innocents from 1961, which is a remake of The Turn of the Shrew. Or the Screw, rather. Okay. The Innocents. Is that like... Innocence plural or like the word innocence? No, it's pluralized. Right. It's like the innocent, but there's more than one of them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and why does this count? Um Well, it's been re- it's been remade a million times. That wasn't the question. Why does this count? Cuz it's a Halloween movie. You're not a- just you're, just answer the question. You're not because, answering the question. So this movie has like set like more adaptations than I care to admit, and it's my favorite. Right, because it's an adaptation of Turn of the Screw. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense to me. That's a classic Halloween ghost chiller, and it has been since, like, the 1880s. (laughs) What do you mean, bro? Am I bending the rules too much? What even are rules? Hmm. Yeah, I take it. I think it counts. Um, yeah. Plugs. The French champagne has always been noted for the... (laughs) And Liam, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I have a film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow. Uh, Check me out there on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. I don't know what I'm going to give Night of the Demons 3. I have a week to think about it before the episode comes out, so I don't spoil anyone. But I do know that I gave Pearl a 9 out of 10. That was a Dude, great movie. Pearl? I wish we were talking about Pearl. Pearl is so good. We could be, bro. That could be your pick. I've not seen yet. I would it's like to see so it, so good. You, Mitch, you gotta. Yeah, I Mitch, know, you, I would, know. you would dig that one. Have you seen X, Mitch? No. Okay. You don't have to see it to see Pearl. Um, You'd probably like I? both, but I think you're going to fuck with Pearl the long way. Okay. The long way. I might yeah. uh, I might try and watch both and then get out to I, I'm sure it'll come to the local. I don't really go to Cineplexes anymore, but like I'm sure it'll uh-huh. come to the local one. Yeah. I don't really go to the Cineplexes anymore. Well, I do. Like I do for some movies, but it's I don't go as many times cuz I know the local one is going to get the movie eventually, especially for a movie like Pearl or something like that. So if I just hold off long enough, the local guy is going to get it then I can just support them. Mr. Corey Price Twitter letterboxed. Mortal Kombat Conquest.ca has my other podcasts all in one convenient place. MK Podquest is a show that I do with our friend Neil about a variety of Mortal Kombat related things. Um, shout out to Neil, by the way, when you hear this, he's uh, going through Hurricane Ian right now. So yeah, shout Jesus. out to Neil. Hang in there, Neil.
and uh, Strat 2 is a show that I do with our friend Callum about F1 stuff. Uh, we're recording one of those next week, so that'll be coming up soon. And uh, that's MortalCombatConquest.ca where you can find all of that. Thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and whether or not Mitch's picks count. A fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jay Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, we'll catch you next week to continue Spooktober. Are they men? Huh? Make sure you're extra spooky with your intro, Corey. Oh, no. Yeah. What's my bit? <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me think of a bit. What? Okay. What are we doing? What is it? Okay. Uh, oh, I, was, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know there had to be a bit. You just got to say it's, it's like October. It's spooky. Well, yeah, but it don't got to be full on bit. It could be, though. It could be. It could be, but I'm not going to bang myself against the wall trying to figure it out. Ah, I should have thought about this instead of picking a movie for a week that's not my pick. (laughs) (laughs) Christ, what am I going to pick? Oh, fucking shut up. Fuck off. (laughs) Bitch, don't mock me. No, I have no idea. (laughs) I fucking hate you. (laughs) I just Googled Halloween movies. What? We have a whole list. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, Steel Corey's pick. I want it to be a Mitch pick. Ugh. <laughs> what? If even Corey hates the Mitch picks, you know, I he's doing something hate, right. But I'm he just, just like, hates when it's third person. I could stand for something else. Different vibe. Um... Well, what if my pick is going to fucking surprise you, bro? Then it's not a Mitch pick. <laughs> like, rude. it's a Mitch pick lowercase. It's not like a capital Mitch pick. Hmm. And uh, when did you trademark this? Uh, Just now. Hmm. I should have known when I googled classic Halloween movies, it would give me the John Carpenter ones. <laughs> At what? least put like sequel in the search bar, bro. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, you're just setting yourself up to pick some original black and white movie, and you're like, "Yeah, this is based on a, is based on a, book a that piece read. of poetry from the you 1500s." Counts. This is by Chaucer. This movie, the Spookerberry Tales. Chaucer, I just met her. Um, all of this is staying in. You got to retire that one, Clay. I don't. You do. Gotta. No, it's my thing. Without it, I am. I am. I am lost. I have nothing. <laughs>